district. Uh, uh, yeah. Only Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church. Hello. Excellent. It's lovely to see you guys all here this morning. We're spread out. You guys have got lots of room to dance. That's what it was about this morning, wasn't it? You wanted room to dance. <laughs> so you spread yourselves nice and wide. Fantastic. Welcome to the house of God. We know that we carry God with us wherever we go. I mean, yeah. So when we enter into this place, I know I know that we have all of God inside of us. Like we don't have a portion of God. I loved it. I listened to a podcast, and I think it was Bill Johnson who said, um, "Children, when they receive um, the Holy Spirit, don't receive a baby portion of the Holy Spirit. They receive the whole of the Holy Spirit in one go. You know, so." Out of the mouths of babes, God can speak. I just, I was just like, oh, that's so cool. So, but the other thought of it was this morning, it's almost like puzzle pieces all, all coming together as the, the church, the body, God's people all come together. It's like puzzle pieces all going click, 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 all together. And we get to see a beautiful reflection of who God is this morning. Maybe slightly different than we've seen before. So how about we stand to our feet? We're going to sing a beautiful song about praising God. I'm going to praise God all of my days. Yeah, amen. Woo. We get to be the drum kit this morning, which really to Brett would be quite scary if I was on the drums. <laughs> so I have to use my hands instead. <laughs> but let's put our hands together as we praise and we sing to our God the truth about who He is. Here we go. I know you're for me. You're not against me. You only have good thoughts about me. And I know you love me. I know you call me, I know you got great things planned for me, oh, what a joy you've given me, your love has set me free, Jesus you are all I need, I'm gonna praise, I'm gonna praise all of my days, I'm gonna lift your name on high, for you all of the glory I'm gonna lift your name on high I'm gonna praise all of my days I'm gonna lift your name on high for you worthy of all of the glory I'm gonna lift your name on high sing it oh 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 oh
guitar. I know you're for me, you're not against me. You only have good thoughts about me. And I know you love me, I know you call me. I know you got great things planned for me. Oh, what a joy you've given me. Your love has set me free. Yes, Lord, Jesus, you are all I behind you because there might not be someone next to you. So we're going to praise God this morning. Here we go. Lord, for all you've done, I praise your name and for what's to come. I praise your name, I will give you praise. If our souls that we will praise. We will bless your name this morning. We will praise your name because you are good. You are worthy. Thank you for who you are. Thank you that you are here with us this morning by your Spirit. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that you love every single person in this place. I pray that you would meet everyone. Every single person would know your presence this morning that they would know that you have met them in a beautiful way. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Isn't it a great day? Yeah. A beautiful day. You may be seated. Welcome to Activate this morning. If you're here for the first time, it's fantastic to have you with us, a special 
welcome to you. And we do have some guest bags for you. We've got some at the back there, plus we've got some around the corner to your right. We'd love you to fill out the card inside. You can also redeem that for a coffee uh, after our gathering together. So it's great to have you with us. Church, how about you welcome our guests this morning? We're going to celebrate the birthdays and anniversaries this morning. So who's had a, uh, a birthday or a wedding anniversary this morning? Can it come up and join me? We have chocolates. We don't have to have nuts today, do we? Hey, congratulations. Is it birthday? Yes. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Awesome. Got anyone else? No? No late runners coming up for chocolate? It's good. We can have chocolate. I did the Daniel fast. Wow. I made it. Okay, church, how about we stand together and we're going to declare blessing on these beautiful birthday people. (laughs) Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Congratulations. Awesome. Well, the India team, I think, what one has touched ground back into New Zealand. Daniel is back. Is he here this morning? No, Daniel's not here. (laughs) And I think Katie, is she on her way home? Singapore at the moment. And then Sheridan, one more sleep. He gets home tomorrow. He's in Chennai now after being in... In the Punjab, he's now in Chennai with Kalyan Kumar. Went to a prayer meeting last night. Some of you may have seen it on Facebook. He told me that um, he was going to this prayer meeting and he, and he said, oh, they've got no great big speaker or anything for it. And so they were only expecting 5,000 people. 5,000! So then this picture goes up. I haven't talked to him since. So you, if you've seen the picture, I've seen the picture. I haven't heard anything else. Oh my goodness. Wow. So his, his faith and vision is going to be lifted, isn't it? <laughs> Amazing. So one will sleep. He's back tomorrow. Yay. <laughs> so here we, here we here next, next Sunday. But coming up this week, there's a few things, some great things coming up. But if you get the e-news, keep a good eye on the e-news. If you don't get the e-news then and you want to receive it, then contact the office and we can get that sent out to you. Uh, have we got a, a missions slide there? I want you to have a look at this. Look at that. So that go, we've got up until May, haven't we? So if you see the white bit there on the ba- basket of the balloon, that's how much we have got left and we've got until May to, isn't that awesome church? So yeah, fantastic. This is from our faith commitments. So, you know, we step out in faith and go, God, I'm committing that by faith. You've got to come through for me. And he's coming through. Thank you, Lord. The missionaries are happy. (laughs) 
this Tuesday, we've got a great night coming up this Tuesday night, a pre-gathering as usual, but also not as usual. We're going to be meeting around at ATC, and we're going to be praying for the land over there. So that's going to be great, 7.30 this Tuesday night for everybody. And then uh, this, coming, this coming Sunday, we have um, DNA, which is for anyone that is uh, new to Activate, you may not have ever been to a DNA before. You might have been coming for a year and you haven't been too long to a DNA. I encourage you to, to get there. It's great to be able to learn more about who we are and what our history is, also where we're going. Uh, it'll be great for you to be there. So that's during the 10.30 gathering. You do, do need to RSVP for that so that uh, we can prepare for you to come. So that's next Sunday during the 10.30. The, uh, the Tuesday after that, the 14th, we've got an info night. So this week, ATC. Next Tuesday, we've got a church info night that's for everybody that is a part of Activate. It is to uh, keep you up with some of the inside info, the latest uh, things that are happening around. So Tuesday, 14th, info night. And also, we have Patrick Fitzgerald is coming to town. He is Irish, Irish pastor. We got him at Yes, there he is. He's all coming all the way from Dublin. And yes, and it is, you know, I think 17th, isn't it, is um, St. Patrick's Day. So haven't we timed that well? <laughs> so uh, invite your friends along. Uh, he'll be fantastic. Invite everybody you know. Bring them along. Uh, Patrick has got an incredible, amazing testimony uh, of how he came to know Jesus. His life was absolutely transformed and he is leading a church, uh, an apostolic church. So uh, basically part of, part of our, our movement. Uh, so it would be great to have him with us. He's actually going to speak to the youth on the Friday night on St. Patrick's Day. So that's going to be cool. Awesome. Well, Corley, is Corley here? Yes. Well, how do, well, give Corley a great big hand as she comes. <laughs> Corley is going to share a little bit with us of why she comes to the prayer gatherings every Tuesday. Beautiful Corley is there. Thank you, Jan. Thank you for the opportunity to tell you how perfect a Tuesday evening out is. I'll read it so I can stay on script if that's all right. Um, do you know when you are so thirsty, that deep thirst that makes you long for refreshing cold water, a longing that causes you to taste the water although your mouth remains dry, that longing that draws you to take long, deep swallows of water until the satisfaction of a queen's thirst brings relief, or that overwhelming heat that saps your energy and that breeze that revives you. That is how Tuesday prayer meetings is for me. Let me start at the beginning. Last year, Pastor Sheridan delivered to us God's call to us to build him a house of prayer. This was a call to action for me, and I stepped out in obedience. It had been an act of obedience and discipline in the beginning, but then the rewards came. I did not realize how dry and hungry my heart was. There were parts of me that were like ground cracked open in the relentless sun when there's not enough rain. Being with God's people 
in the healing and restore in his healing and restoring presence, breathing in his grace, praying with and for each other, praying for our families, our church, our city and nation and the nations of the world. Don't only bring a light drizzle of misty rain to parched hearts, but it open heaven's floodgates. God is at work, He's moving mightily. And for me, being a small part in a divine movement is worth far more than taking one hour away from home on a Tuesday. On a deeply personal level, and you might be in the same position as me, I'm in the season of waiting for my breakthrough. Being connected to my prayer partners on a Tuesday helps me wait well. Join me and share this gift. Every Tuesday, I leave the gathering energized and deeply satisfied. Do you feel it? God's grace resting on you. Do you hear it? It is God's calling you to build him a house of prayer. Thank you. Beautiful. Isn't she lovely? Yeah. Yeah. So good. So good. I have to admit, some Tuesdays I'm like, oh gosh, I don't really feel like going out. Every time, every single time without fail, I am so much more refreshed and energized. Like I've had that big drink of water when I go home. Beautiful. Well, Mary Ann is going to come and cheer this psalm and communion with us. So we have double whammer special this morning. <laughs> How about you give Mary Ann a hand? Thank you, Mary Ann. I'll switch Bibles so that you get the words from here that match the words up there, otherwise you'll think I can't read. (laughs) So this is Psalm 67. May God be merciful and bless us. May his face smile with favour on us. May your ways be known throughout the earth, your saving power among people everywhere. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, May all the nations praise you. Let the whole world sing for joy because you govern the nations with justice and guide the people of the whole world. May the nations praise you, O God. Yes, may all the nations praise you. Then the earth will yield its harvests and God, our God, will richly bless us. Yes, God will bless us and people all over the world will fear him. Thank you, Lord. Um, So for the communion message, um, it's always a, when you stand here, you think, okay, what am I gonna share? If the team could um, share the emblems, that'd be fantastic. And um, I had a conversation at work, um, and the privilege actually to go to a funeral this week, and um, somehow the two really linked together. So first I'm going to talk about my work discussion. So you might know I work at um, Waikato DHB, I'm in uh, an education role. And one of the things that comes up regularly is we get into situations where 
people get angry and sometimes abusive to staff. And you can understand why. They're in a really terrible situation. Often things are happening for their families that, that are out of control. And so anger bubbles up and the staff member happens to be on the receiving end of that. And one of the things we've been looking at is how we train and equip people to deal with those people when they're angry. And um, I'm part of a group developing some training and in that group is a cultural advisor. And the cultural advisor from our Māori unit said, well, you know, the cultural response is always connect with the people, not with the problem. And uh, that just seems so obvious, really. Um, however, the problem stands in the way of the relationship often. In fact, we could say that the presence of the problem means that we can't make the connection. It's the barrier to the connection and the problem becomes bigger than anything else. However, if we move from the problem and start from a point of relationship, then there may not even be a problem because we actually can listen to each other. He sees the relationship. So during the week, I was at a funeral. Um, it was a friend, he was a man, he was 59, um, and he died after a year of ill health and three years ago his wife had died. Uh, but the message at the funeral was not one of despair it was one of worship and hope and the message that was shared was from Romans 8 and I thought that that just spoke so strongly uh, to me um, the start was therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. And near the end of Romans, Romans 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things who will bring any change any charge against those whom God has chosen it is God who justifies who is he that condemns Christ Jesus who died more than that who was raised to life as the right hand of God and is also interceding for us who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So to be more than conquerors means we face the trials of life with the certainty that we're not alone. We have a mighty Father who fights for us and who cares about relationship with us. And so I just wanted 
I guess, remind myself, God loves us. And it's not the problems he sees, it's the relationship. So as we um, take the juice and eat the cracker, it's a good chance to remember that God has paid the price through his son, Jesus Christ. And he wants a relationship with us, not with our problems. And the problems come second. It's us he wants. So let us pray. Lord Jesus, as we take this cracker and drink this juice, Lord, we commit afresh to a relationship with you. We know you love us. You love us, and it's the relationship you want. Lord, let our problems come second. Our relationship first. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood that brings us into relationship. good is it to be in the house of God this morning I love it just being reminded once again it's okay to thirst it's okay to desire more of God it's actually a good thing Um, and wherever you're at this morning whether you are at a place where you know you're thirsty whether you're a place that you think you should be thirsty you can just be willing to be willing to be thirsty (laughs) But how about we stand to our feet as we um, declare this morning what we believe. Sometimes that can just help to open something up deeper within us. Because it's what we believe that sets us apart from the world. It's what we believe that enables um, us to walk in salvation, us to walk differently to everybody else that doesn't know yet or isn't willing to believe yet. But we have believed the one who was sent from above that we've just celebrated through communion. So let's lift our voice as one and worship him this morning.
our defender suffered and crucified forgiveness is in you descended into darkness you rose in glorious light forever
church I believe in the resurrection That we will rise again For I believe in the name of Jesus For I believe in the name of Jesus For I believe in the name of Jesus We believe Give it all to Jesus. Give it all there. 
Father, we thank you for the freedom we have in Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Father, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of freedom that we can come freely in this place and express our praise and our thanks and worship to you. Thank you for your immense love that you pour your kindness and your goodness, Lord, lavishly upon each one of us. So, Father, we're ever grateful for your presence. We're ever grateful for Jesus, that you died and that you rose again. And we're ever grateful for you, Holy Spirit, that you revealed Jesus to us. And so, Father, for this, we say thank you. Father, may we be truly the people that are free. May we truly be a people of liberty, Lord, walking in the freedom that you've called us to be. The freedom to love one another, the freedom to serve one another, the freedom to proclaim your goodness and your greatness, Lord. You're a mighty God and we love you. We love you. Why don't you take a few moments to express personally your love and thanks to Jesus thank you Jesus I love you Lord praise your name you're an awesome God there is no one like you Lord no one who can compare you're the Alpha and the Omega the beginning and the end thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah this a beautiful place absolutely wonderful with God and with one another I, I love the privilege of being with family worshiping God I don't know about you I, I can go into other churches and it's wonderful to worship God but there's nothing like being with my church family and worshiping God together I so appreciate that so so good why don't you take a seat say hi to your neighbor as you uh, sit down yeah hi Wayne how you going
it. I feel like saying righty-ho. Righty-ho. There we go. Okay. <clears throat> well, good morning. You're looking good. Good, good. Would you like to say I'm looking good? Oh, thank you. Now, I didn't say you're looking good, so you'd say I was looking good, but it is nice to know that you think I do look good because I need to just feel that affirmation. I'm a words person. If anybody's been around me for long enough, I, I like encouraging people with words of encouragement, and I'm always open for any. So just feel free. If you've just, you know, <clears throat> want to say something and not sure what to say, well, you can always say something nice to me, and I'll always be ready to say thank you for that. I'll never forget one day we had some uh, people from, lovely family from our church around uh, at our place for a meal. They had a, some young children, the youngest was four, and uh, this child's mum said, say thank you to Wendy. Wendy had prepared a lovely meal and we had lots of fun. It was truly a really enjoyable evening. But when it came to this stage when this child's mum said, say thank you to Wendy, uh, I'll never forget this, it was absolutely priceless. This little boy said, I've run out of words, I've got nothing to say. <laughs> Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> wow. Well, I don't know about you, but um, when I think back when I was a young boy growing up in home, <clears throat> I can remember around our kitchen table, there was my dad's seat where he always sat. And in our lounge room was his seat also where he always sat maybe to watch TV, read the newspaper, read a, read a book, whatever. And uh, my sister and I knew that these were my dad's seats, and uh, we never sat in them because they were his. And uh, maybe it's the same in your household. I know I've got a place where I sit in my household where the remote is. And, uh, yeah, my son comes in and he goes, that's my seat, Dad. And I go, really? Really? And so we have a bit of a contest, and then he hides the remote, and I'm going, where is that jolly thing? He was instructing me last night, we've got two remotes for our TV, and he was giving me very firm instructions, wasn't he, Wendy, on how to do it and how not to do it, because he was saying that I was wrecking the TV. I don't think I was, but there you go. So I lost my seat and I lost the remote, but there we go. <laughs> and of course, you know, we have our favourite seats in church, you know. Maybe you're sitting in them now, I hope nobody's taken your seat. That does happen, doesn't it? You know, people can come and, excuse me. <laughs> At least if we don't say it, we can look and feel it. But um, So what is a seat? It's a good question. It's a piece of furniture, we would say, where we sit on. And there's all sorts of seats, isn't there? Seats in cafes, seats in airports, seats in airplanes, dentist seats, dentist chairs. Yeah, yeah. But there's even something more than a seat being a piece of furniture. We can say that the, our local MP has a seat in Parliament. He has a place of influence, a place to express his voice on the behalf of the people in his electric or her electric. We can say a person sits on an academic board at a university. They have a place of influence to express their views on behalf of students or whatever view they're representing. And then there's a further meaning. It's a place that is and acts as an, uh, an important place of influence. For example, the beehive 
is the seat of governance in New Zealand. And so where you sit, where you position yourself, <clears throat> has a huge influence on how you see the world and interact with it. And you'll notice I've got some seats here. Thank you for putting these out, Wayne. Do you want to come and try some? We've got a bean bag, we've got a kid's one, and we've got some adults' one. I think Wayne would look good in the bean bag, don't you? Shall we, shall we see Wayne in the bean? As a kid's bean, would you like to sit up here on the bean bag? Okay, there we go, there we go. Tim, I think you, you enjoy seats too, don't you, Tim? Tim's looking at me very strangely and goes, oh, I'm unsure what's happening here. It's all right, Tim. It does. Oh, Tim's going to go for the little one. Okay. So I've got two blokes. Oh, Brett's going to... Do you want to seat too, Brett? Do you, did anybody see Brett stand up and say yes? Come on, Brett. Come on, Brett. There's a seat. It's just got your name on it, Brett. Tash, I think... One of these has got your name on it. Go, Tash. Yeah. Wendy, would you like to have a seat? Okay. I'd better do this. Would you like to sit here? Okay. Did I do that okay? Are you comfortable? You're doing all right there? Good. Sorry, I don't have a cup of tea, and I don't have some flowers or a box of chocolates, but maybe we can do that tonight. Hello. i better keep that promise. Some of you will ask me, did you do that? Oh, flip. I'll try. <laughs> so um, don't these look fine people seated in their places? Just imagine we're on an aeroplane. Yeah, you're in the passenger seat, and of course, up the front is a pilot seat. I'm pleased none of these guys are sitting in the pilot seat, aren't you? Do you fly planes, Brett? Just, just a little bit, maybe? You dabble in flying planes. Okay. Tim? But the same, Wayne, I know you drive horses, but it's a little bit different planes. Tash, do you fly? You've flown a couple. My word. Uh, you could go up the front there. But um, <clears throat> it's important that people sit in the right seats, isn't it? Because if they don't, things can go wrong. If we have a passenger sitting in the pilot's seat, goodness knows we won't get off the ground, or we have a passenger sitting in a train seat, uh, we have the dentist in the dentist seat and you doing the work on the Oh, my word, that would not be a good seat. So where we sit and how we sit is important. And so, church, can we give our volunteers a hand? Thank you very much for sitting there. You've done a great job. And uh, it's great sitting skills. I'm very impressed. And so, do <clears throat> you know, life's a funny thing. I have found that we sit in seats that we're not even aware of. And uh, this comes through our upbringing, our experiences, and some people, without even knowing it, can sit in a seat of, I'm entitled. This is my right. This is what I need. You need to give this to me. Other people, I need my glasses for this one. I shared this at a wedding yesterday. Would you like to hear what I shared at a wedding yesterday? Would you? You need to be more convincing. Thank you. Some people can sit in a seat of kindness. I'm sitting in a seat of kindness, and this is the sort of things I would say. Kindness is the sunshine in which people grow to be the people they're meant to be. Kindness is not weakness. It requires a toughness. It requires a real man, a real woman, to step up and stand up amongst others for others. 
Kindness is seeing the best even when others are struggling to do their best. Kindness gives a coffee in the morning and a kind word in the evening. Kindness gives a smile. Kindness means having the courage to treat others the way you would like to be treated. Isn't that a good seat? And of course, there are other seats we can sit in too. There can be a seat of negativity, a seat of despair, a seat of discouragement, a seat of loneliness, a seat of overwork. Over here, there can be a seat of kindness, as we've said, a seat of responsibility, a seat of determination, a seat of being purposeful, a seat of grace, a seat of gratitude, a seat of forgiveness, a seat of hope. And people just don't one day say, I'm going to sit in a seat of bitterness, or one day jump over here and go, I'm going to sit in a seat of coolness. It just doesn't quite work that way. There's a journey, there's a process that people go through. And Psalm 1 highlights this process. If you have your Bible with, it, with you, let's have a look at it. Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers. But those who delight in the law of the Lord, and who meditate on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaves does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Two different seats and exactly the same process. In one process, a person walks. In the other process, a person delights or desires. As they walk, they stand, they muse, they keep company. Over here, they meditate, they discuss, they muse on what God is saying. And as they walk, as they muse over life and maybe things not going the way that it should, they go, this is my seat. I'm going to be bitter. I'm going to be angsty. You probably know people like that. Sometimes I'm like that. But God wants us to be people that sit over here with good attributes. Attributes that are like Jesus. Purpose, courageous, belonging, big-hearted, kingdom-focused. Those are the names on these seats. And the thing is, we sit in these places. And where you sit, and listen to this, you become a citizen of. Where you sit, you become a citizen of. The Apostle Paul said it like this. <clears throat> and let's go to first, oh, sorry, Philippians 3, verse 20 to 21. I love this. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our saviour, for he'll take our weak mortal bodies and change them into his glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. But we are citizens of heaven. Where we sit in, that's what we are defined. That's our identity. And so God, the Apostle Paul is saying, we are citizens of heaven. 
But do you know as a citizen of heaven, some days I can sit in these sorts of chairs that maybe are not the best for me. Who's ever sits in these places at times? Yeah, we do, don't we? We do, we do. But we desire to sit over here because this is a good place to sit. Just imagine if our city was filled with people sitting in this area here. Kindness and purposefulness and greatness for God. Wouldn't our city be impacted in such a positive way? Truly it would. It would truly be changed for good. I think God is saying, this is the best place to sit. Why don't you come along for the ride here? It's a great, great place to be in. Who would like to sit in this area here? Yeah. yeah. Here's the thing which I've found, though, with these sort of seats. It doesn't matter whether you sit over here or whether you sit here. We still face trials and tribulations. This doesn't immune us or mean we'll never have difficulties or trials. In fact, it doesn't mean at times we won't get overwhelmed. And I want to share a brief story with you about a king in uh, the Old Testament. And his name um, was Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat. Do you wonder what they called him for a nickname? Joe? Joe? If he was really skinny, what do they call him? Joe Fat? <laughs> what do you reckon, Wayne? Probably. So Jehoshaphat is a really good king. Really good king. He is sitting in this place. He is sitting with God. He's sitting by taking responsibility. In fact, because he's a king, he has a very special seat. It's a throne. Great seat. Who's ever sat in a throne before? That would be quite cool, wouldn't it? Anyway, so here's Jehoshaphat, and he's sitting in his throne, and he's all on the side doing great things for the people of Israel. And then one day, he gets a message. Hey, king, I'm sorry. It's time to put the barbecue away. It's time to put the new wine away. You've got an army marching against you. And Jehoshaphat goes, I have done nothing wrong. I don't know what's happening. I'm a good king and I'm doing good stuff. What do you mean there's an army? And the messenger says there's not just one army. There's not just two armies. There's three armies marching against you. You've got about 10 days to get things sorted or they're going to come through and mow through your city. And the king is just terrified. Who's ever woken up one day and you've got some news and you go, oh my goodness. That is just a bit overwhelming. It is just a bit too much. And so here's Jehoshaphat doing his stuff, and this news comes to him, and he goes, oh, my goodness. I've had days like that. Wendy and I have had days where you just get the phone goes, and you go, what? It's like an army coming against you. You go, I thought I'm doing good stuff, God. And then this, just this tyrant comes, and you go, oh, my goodness goodness. What am I going to do? It's that time. It's so easy to jump out of these seats and get, I'm going to get into the anxious seat. I'm going to get into the, the bitterness seat. I'm going to get into some other seat that I shouldn't. But Jehoshaphat, he's overwhelmed, gives a really good model of what to do. And we can find ourselves overwhelmed when maybe we lose a job. Maybe something with our son or daughter goes wayward. Maybe um, our marriage or our relationships falls apart and we become overwhelmed 
And do you know God is with us that and wants to guide us through that? So let's have a look at what Jehoshaphat did. So if you've got your Bibles, let's go to um, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I'll read just a couple of verses because it's, um, it's a bit of a lengthy bit of scripture. But here we go. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites and some of the Meunites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea, and it is already at Hazion Tama, which that is in Gedi. Wendy and I have been to this very place. It's 400 meters below sea level. It's really interesting. Where this place is, is that there's a massive fault line that starts in Turkey, goes all down the Jordan River, the Dead Sea, out to the Horn of Africa, and the land... I'll illustrate it this way, has rent a part like that and dropped down in its lowest place to 400 meters below sea level. And this army is walking along in Gedi, which is about halfway along the length of the Dead Sea. It's not one army, it's not two armies, it's three armies. And you know, when you get overwhelmed, what do you do? Do you go, I've got to make a plan, I've got to sort through this, I've got to do this, I've got to do that? Often the last thing we can do at times is pray, but let's have a look at what Hezekiah did. In verse 3, alarm Jehoshaphat, sorry, not Hezekiah, Jehoshaphat. I'm getting the wrong kings there. Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. The people came, uh, of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town to seek help. Isn't that amazing? The first thing that Jehoshaphat does when he's alarmed, when he's overwhelmed, is I'm going to press into God. And that's what's great about being in this seat. Doesn't mean in either seat I won't get overwhelmed, but I'm going to press into God. And if I need somebody around me to help me to press into God, that's what I'm going to do. If I can't pay my mortgage this week, if I've lost my job, if my relationships are falling about, I'm seeking you, God. I'm pressing into you because you are the source of life. That's where I'm going. Isn't that a good place to go? <clears throat> Position yourself on that seat, knowing that God is far greater than any challenge. <clears throat> And this is what he says in verse 6. <clears throat> Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God who is in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. Power and might are in your hand, and no one <clears throat> can withstand you. What's really interesting here, Jehoshaphat is reminding himself how great God is. And when you're overwhelmed, when you're pressed, when you can't make sense of things, Remind yourself of how great God is. Remind yourself that He is the creator of the universe, that He loves you, that He cares for you, that He's watching over you, that He's a great and mighty God. And remind yourself, too, of when God has intervened in your life in the past. I'll never forget, I've shared this story before, and I'll share it again because it's such a good one. Do you want to hear a good story? Oh, that's not very convincing. Okay, I've got to make sure you're with me. That's good. My son used to box, and uh, I, I gave up play fighting with him because I'd come off second best. Then I thought I'd go on to my second son. 
he got too strong for me as well. But anyway, my oldest son took my youngest son's bike without telling him, which he, when he found out, was very upset about that. But my oldest son was going to his gym to train this particular evening, and he was um, assaulted by somebody. He stole the bike, and so Tom came home, very upset, of course, told Wendy. Wendy phoned me. I was traveling somewhere, I think. I, I was away. I was going to be away for a, a couple of days. Isn't that terrible? That sort of thing happens when you're away. I'm going, God, why is this? I'm sitting in the seat, and this news comes. So I pray. Wendy prays. Wendy phones the police. The next day, my youngest son, who was really upset about his older brother taking the bike, normally would never go for a walk. Wendy says, let's go for a walk around the lake. And this day, he said, okay. Okay. Five o'clock in the evening, Wendy tells me. So as they're walking around the lake, Wendy notes, just as they're coming about halfway around the lake, a woman bringing a bike down to a park bench. And Wendy turns to our son and says, I think that's your bike. He goes, no, it's not. Let's go and have a look. And it is. And this woman, her son found this bike, our bike, brought it home, and, this, and his mum said, we're not having a stolen bike. We're going to bring it out in the car, the car pinch. Maybe somebody will see it, and it will be their bike. Right at that very moment, I go, God, you're amazing. And those testimonies build our faith and encourage our faith. And so when we become overwhelmed again, God, I remember you're great, and I remember what you have done in the past. And what's particularly interesting for Jehoshaphat, and I'm sure would have added to his complexity, is that these people, the uh, Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Meonites, Jehoshaphat wanted to kill them and get rid of them years before. But the Lord said, you're not to touch them. So he didn't. And then today, or this particular day, here they are, raged up as an army coming against him. So he presses into God. He reminds God how great he is. And the other thing that he does in magnifying God, he makes his own problem a lot smaller and God much bigger, as we heard from Miriam before. And I think it's a great thing. We put our eyes on Jesus. All of a sudden, our issues become a lot smaller and God becomes a lot bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the issues become smaller and smaller and smaller and God becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And the problems become smaller and smaller and smaller and God becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And then God speaks. Verse 15. Listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. For the battle is not yours but God's. It's my battle, says the Lord. Isn't that awesome? You don't have to fight it. God's going to fight it with you and for you. And so whatever seat we're in, I want to be in this seat. I want to be a citizen of heaven. 
And it doesn't mean I won't get overwhelmed, and it doesn't mean I won't have challenges, and it doesn't mean I won't have days where I can't work it out, and it doesn't mean it days where I feel like sitting over there, and maybe I do. But I know I have a big God who's fighting for me and working for me. And isn't that a marvelous thing? So where do you want to sit this morning, church? Do you want to sit with absolute purpose and intention as a citizen of heaven? Do you? Do you? Thank you. I'm pleased because I do too. And I want to encourage us to sit here with real purpose and with real intentionality. And um, last time I preached, I shared about apologetics, and, and I shared something from uh, Ravi, what Ravi Zacharias said, that the Christian worldview, and this is my view, and I, and I trust you share it too, that people are looking for four things. They're looking for origin, where do we come from, meaning, what is my purpose, morality, what is right and wrong, and why is it that way, and destiny, what happens when this world is over. And it's really interesting, in the last couple of weeks I had a conversation um, with a person who really enjoys science, he's not a Christian, and I've just popped in those four things, and his eyes almost popped out, because I realized his worldview doesn't answer them, but the Christian worldview does, and we can be absolutely confident in our faith because of the answers and the evidence that God has provided for us. Isn't that awesome? So I want to conclude with this story, and uh, interesting enough, Talking about Ravi Zechariah, Stanley, um, who stays with us, many of you will know Stanley, he plays the keys sometimes. He's pretty good on them, really, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he wants to be a jazz musician. I, I said, Stanley, I can be there with you as your rapper. I, I will take you to another level. He just shook his head and laughed at me. <laughs> so would I, too. <laughs> But we're in Auckland, and uh, so I said, look, we'll leave at 3.30 in the afternoon. We'll get there in plenty of time. There's a nice cafe I'll take, take you to, and we can enjoy, you know, a little bit of tea before we go to the meeting about 7.30. So the traffic, as you know, gets very dense. So we got there past the church. This is Harborside Church in Auckland at 6.45, 45 minutes before the meeting starts. The car park is closed. It's absolutely filled. There are people queued all the way down to the footpath. I'm going, oh, my goodness. So we parked our car, walked really quickly where we ran, just a little, and um, fast walking. And uh, we got there, and we were the last 10 people that were allowed to go into the auditorium. It was that popular. But Ravi shared the story, and I want to share it with you because I think it's very pertinent in terms of where we sit. People can live their lives over here, away from God. And he shared the story about Stalin, who was the leader of communist Russia, who had killed over 15 million people under his rule. Terrible. And the story goes, his daughter shares the story, that on his deathbed, in his last moments, his last hours, in fact, his very last moment, he took his fist and he shook it to the heavens with a real angst, I don't know what he said, took his last breath and died. And then Ravi shared another story about his father-in-law who had been ill uh, for weeks, and he was 85, and for the last three weeks of his life, he was un- unable to communicate verbally, had said nothing. 
but was a wonderful believer, a wonderful follower of Jesus, who took seriously what it was to sit as a citizen on heaven and for the kingdom of God to come on earth and for God's will to be done through him. And so Ravi was traveling and he wanted to get back to the hospital to see his father-in-law. And uh, his wife met him at the hospital and said, look, you're too late. He passed away three hours ago. But something amazing happened. Just before he died, he opened his eyes, looked to heaven, and said two words, amazing, amazing, and turned to his wife and said, I love you, and took his last breath. He lived as a person seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. Isn't that amazing? And we have this choice, this journey that we walk, as we read from Psalm 1. Blessed is the man or the woman that does not stand, walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of the unjust, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight, her delight, is in the law of the Lord. His or her delight is in meditating on the word of God. His or her delight is being planted by the rivers of living water. For there is life and life forevermore. Isn't that a very good place to be seated? Isn't that a great place to refresh our souls? And so I encourage you this morning, uh, I, I hope you're feeling refreshed. I hope you're feeling encouraged. And wherever you're sitting, let's put our feet firmly anchored here and go, this is where I'm going to sit. This is how I'm going to be. And a church that's sitting here, wow, what a difference that's going to make. So God bless you. Thank you. And as I said at the very beginning, you're looking awesome in your seats. And so thank you, Pastor Jan. Awesome. Very good. Thank you, Pastor Ray. Fantastic. What seat are we sitting in? Good thought for every day, isn't it? Very good. Well, for all the parents here, our question, our take-home question for the day, your children will come out with is, what, who, what is a hero? What is a hero, isn't it? What is a hero? What is a hero? That's quite a good one to discuss, isn't it? It'll be interesting to hear their thoughts on that. I don't know what they're discussing in kids' church today, so, yeah, I'm going to be finding out from a few kids. It's interesting the answers we get sometimes. What is a hero? A couple of reminders. This coming week we have the prayer gathering. Not here, but around the corner at ATC Ruakura Road. It's going to be a great evening, 730 to 8.30. It'd be great to see everyone here. If, if you do want to attend uh, DNA next Sunday, it'd be great if you can pop your name down at the hub also, or if you forget to do that, then just email the office and we'll get your name down for that. It'd be great if, for, to fill the room up with lots of wonderful people next week. Well, Father, I thank you for your word this morning. Thank you. Thank you for for the 
the thought and the challenge of where we are seated. God, I pray that uh, we would be able to uh, not just let the word go in one ear and out the other, but that we will mull that over, that, that we will be challenged by that and that we will sit, sit where you would have us sit in our lives, God. And I thank you that we are um, placed in our various areas around our city by you, that we have influence, so much influence with the people around about us. So may we be seated in an amazing seat where we have great, greater influence. In Jesus' name, I thank you, God, for your church. I pray you pour out your blessing and your protection upon the church. I thank you for our city and the nation and the nations. And I declare blessing. I declare salvation, transformation in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for the givers. Pour out your blessing as we give to you, God. Thank you that you give back, that, that, um, that we can be a blessing to others. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you, church, for being purposed in your giving. Remember, the giving stations are on your left out that door and on your left out that door. Have an amazing day tonight. We have a great night. We've actually got triple seven tonight, which is three speakers seven minutes each and we might be dinging the bell off of them so Nicole and Ashley Muller and also Owen are going to be sharing tonight it's going to be a great evening six o'clock tonight have a great day Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good and your mercy